are so grateful tonight to have Pastor Lisa Autar bring the message. And I say this for the benefit of some of you who are new to us. She is our associate minister here. We love her greatly. And we thank the Lord for Pastor Lisa. Earlier I said that she finally turned 21. She is a little bit older than that. But uh, no matter how old she is, she's a very wise young lady, a very gifted and competent pastor. And God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Nick. And yes, I am a bit older than 21 now. And it's funny, the closer I get to 30, the younger it starts to look. Well, good evening, and I hope that, again, you had a wonderful day. And uh, tonight I will be speaking from the book of Jonah. I'll be speaking from Jonah, and I'm not very good with coming up with titles like Pastor Nick. So my message for tonight is Lessons from Jonah, and this is from the book of Jonah, chapter 1. So tonight we're going to be focusing on chapter 1. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time that we can share in your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us tonight. And indeed, Lord, may you speak and may you move and may you bring about changes that need to happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This small book, the book of Jonah, is comprised of four short chapters. And as I said, we're going to be focusing tonight on chapter 1. So to give you a quick summary of chapter 1, I know some of you are familiar with the story, but just to recap, because sometimes that's good to do, just to recap, God directed Jonah to go to a place called Nineveh and preach against its wickedness. However, Jonah disobeyed God and boarded a ship heading in the opposite direction, going to Tarshish. The sailors of the ship that he boarded became concerned because of a great storm that brewed. Jonah then went on to explain that God was bringing about judgment on him. The sailors then threw Jonah overboard into the sea where he was swallowed by an enormous fish. So that is the summary of chapter 1 and we will begin by reading verses 1 to 3. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So clearly we see that God had asked Jonah to go to Nineveh to go and to preach against the wickedness of this great city. But instead of Jonah being willing to just do what God wanted him to do and just obey what God had commanded, he decided that he was going to do his own thing, to do something different. And so he decided he was going to go to Tarshish. And that can teach us that sometimes we may need to do things that we may not want to do. Sometimes we may need to do things that we may not want to do. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that come up in my life that I don't necessarily want to do, right? But I have to do. And I'm sure the same thing you can think of. There are certain things you may not want to cook every day, but sometimes you have to. You may not want to clean your house but you may have to. You may not want to go to work, but you have to. There are certain simple things that you may not want to do, but you have to do. 
So God asked Jonah to go, and instead of him going and being obedient, he went the opposite way. Nineveh was a large, important city in Assyria, situated on the river Tigris. It posed a grave military threat to tiny Israel. God sent Jonah there, but instead of going, he caught a boat in Joppa, going in the opposite direction. Obviously, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go and to preach to the citizens there that they were going to be destroyed and warn them. So the question comes up, why didn't Jonah want to go? Why? Why was it such a big deal that he went the opposite direction, ran away from it? Well, we can't be certain exactly why he didn't want to go and why he seemed to have hated Nineveh. But another short Old Testament um, book, Nahum, gives us a clue. This book, also completely dedicated to Nineveh, describes a ruthless, bloodthirsty people. The Assyrians themselves left monuments to their cruelty. They left long, boastful inscriptions describing their torture and slaughter of people who had opposed them. So the Israelites did have reason to fear and to hate Nineveh. However, God loved Nineveh, and he wanted the city saved and not destroyed. And Jonah did not want to go, but God asked him to. And coming back to the point, sometimes we may need to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. And like Jonah, we may have to just be obedient when that conviction or when we feel the Lord speaking to us. For example, you may feel the Lord speaking to you to give to someone financially who's in need. You may not necessarily want to do that because that may cut back on something you may want to buy for yourself or into your savings, but that may be the right thing to do. You may be feeling that you need to give someone a ride to church. And and let me explain this. You may not necessarily want to do that because now that means that you're committing to giving that person a ride to church. And even though you may not want to do that, that may be the right thing to do, giving that person a ride to church. The Lord may be speaking to you to forgive someone that has hurt you deeply. And you may not want to do it, but that is the right thing to do. The Lord may be speaking to you to be the bigger person and mend a broken relationship that has been broken. You may need to share the gospel with an unbelieving friend or family member. You may need to start or continue tithing regularly. You may need to just be content with the car, the house, or the job that you currently have and not trying to go look for something else. You may need to get a simple job and while you're applying and waiting for the bigger job to come. And let me explain that. Sometimes people have in their minds, this is the kind of job that I want. I went to school for this. I graduated with this. I have experience in this. And this is the job that I want. And maybe for a while they're not getting that job. Instead of sitting at home and and waiting to get that job and, and complaining that you don't have any money, maybe the thing that you need to do, even though you don't want to do, is to go get a simple job. And what I mean by simple job is something you may not want to do. You know what? There is no shame in working at Walmart or working at Tim Hortons or something in the meantime. It may not be something you want to do, but you need to do. 
We may need to stop and help someone, even if that means cutting into time that we have invested into something else. Maybe you're on your way to a special function or a party or or something that's happening, but you see someone on the side of the road who's broken down and you know that you're able to help them. Maybe that's something you don't necessarily want to do, but you know that you should do. We need to be honest when filling out different forms. We may not want to because maybe that means we're not going to get back a big enough return or something, but we need to do the right thing. We must remember that sometimes we need to do things that we may not want to do. We need to remember that God desires us to be obedient, especially when he talks to us and tells us to do certain things. And we must want to do his will above our own. To give you an illustration, there's a story of Arabian horses. They go through rigorous training in the deserts of the Middle East. The trainers require absolute obedience from the horses. To test them to make sure that they're completely trained, the final test is beyond the endurance of any living thing. The trainers force the horses to do without water for many days. Then they turn them loose And of course, the horses naturally start running towards where they know the water is. But just as they get close enough to the edge, ready to plunge into the water, the trainer blows the whistle. The horses who have been completely trained and who have learned perfect obedience stop. They turn around and come prancing back to the trainer. They stand there quivering, obviously wanting water, but they wait until the trainer gives them the okay to go and get the water. Like the horses, do we have the ability to say, Lord, not my will be done, but yours be done. Even if that means depriving ourselves from something we want and giving in to perfect obedience for what the Lord wants from us. There are times in our life where we get to do what we want to do, but then there are times that we must do things that we may not want to do, but knowing that it is the right thing that needs to be done. Going on in the story from verse 4, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish. The sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, 
What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Verse 12, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that the great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So obviously, from that passage, from verse 4 to 16, we see that now, after Jonah had boarded this ship going in the opposite direction, there was a great storm that came on. And obviously, it had come on because Jonah was running away from the Lord, and God was trying to get his attention. He was the reason that this storm was taking place. But even in the midst of this storm, he was able to admit that he was the problem. And that can teach us that we need to learn to realize and admit when we're the problem and make a change. To realize when we are the problem, when we're the one who has caused this to happen. And not just say that, okay, it's my fault, but make a change to the situation. Most of us have a tendency, when something goes wrong, to do what? To blame someone else, right? It's a human tendency, and it's actually nothing new. In the Bible, we see it happen as well. In the Old Testament, when God had uh, confronted Adam for sinning and eating of the fruit that he told them to stay away from, what was Adam's response? Adam said in Genesis 3, verse 12, he says, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit to eat from the tree, and I ate it. So he blamed Eve for giving him the fruit. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai after receiving the Ten Commandments, he saw that the Israelites had made a golden calf and had started to worship it. He came down angry and he confronted Aaron, who he left in charge of the situation. And you know what Aaron told him? Aaron says, you know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. They gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and this, this came out. So this calf just came out, <laughs> blaming the people for the fact that he had helped them build this calf. You see, to blame someone else is a human tendency. And I'm not sure exactly why that is, but maybe it's just to avoid the consequences or avoid future problems or to avoid whatever is going to happen next by admitting that you were wrong. It is a tendency for us to sometimes blame other people to avoid things altogether. However, it is important for us to learn to realize and admit when we're the problem and make a change. Jonah quickly realized that he was the reason for this violent storm. And he decided to take action and ask them to throw him overboard. There are many issues that arise in our lives where sometimes someone else may be at fault or may be the cause of an issue. But then there are other times where we need to search deep and 
see that maybe we're the one who's at fault. And we need to make that change to correct it. So what am I talking about? For example, you may wonder why you're not able to keep a job. And you may feel all of the bosses and all the employers I've had have been mean and miserable and have picked on me. But maybe the problem is the fact that you take more sick days than you should. Maybe the problem is that you come into work late and leave early. Maybe the problem could be that you don't produce the required work that needs to be done. And maybe you are the problem of why you can't keep a job. Therefore, you need to make a change in your work habits. Another example could be, you may wonder why you never have enough money. You work, you pay your bills, but you never seem to have enough money. And maybe the problem for that could be that you continuously buy non-essential items that you don't need. And so you need to make a lifestyle change so that you're not constantly wasting money. You may wonder why your marriage isn't as healthy as it once was and why your spouse constantly nags and complains to you. Maybe the problem could be that you don't pull your weight at home or you constantly leave your husband or wife to do the responsibilities that you should be taken care of and you need to start to do those things and pull your weight at home. Whatever the situation may be, we need to make a, a search deep and make a change if that is the fact that we are the cause of that problem. So we need to look at it, learn to realize, admit, and make a change when we're the cause of that problem. Amen? So after Jonah was thrown overboard, verse 17 tells us, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, this is something that we find very interesting, that the Lord provided this big fish, whatever it may be, a whale or a great fish or whatnot, to, to go and to swallow up Jonah so that he would not die or be eaten by something else. And it's amazing to think that God had started to work way behind the scenes, even before Jonah got on that boat, to provide this fish to come and to happen. And what we can learn from this is that we should trust the Lord because he has the details covered. Trust the Lord because he has the details covered. He's working behind the scenes to work out the situation. Even when we don't understand, even when we don't know how things are going to play out, how he's going to answer that prayer, how he's going to work through our situation, he has the details covered and he wants us to trust him. Now, my friend Raven tells me constantly that I'm, I'm someone who likes to control things. And I, I don't necessarily agree with her, but what I do notice is I have a tendency to want to make sure things are done properly. And she would say, well, things are done your way. <laughs> That's what you mean. But I like to make sure things are done properly. So I like to know what's going on, when things are happening, how they're getting done. And, you know, I just, I just want to make sure. So there are certain things that I like to do myself. As I'm sure, there are certain things you like to do yourself, right? And then there are certain things that I'm okay with 
other people doing because I won't be upset if they mess it up, right? (laughs) So I'm okay with that. But when it comes to trusting other people to do things, sometimes, especially if it's important, it's very hard for me to let go of. And I believe to a certain extent that some of us feel that way when it comes to waiting on God, when it comes to knowing what God has in store for us, and we try to help God out by doing things that we think, oh, well, God's taking too long, so I'm going to take this in my own hands and, and, and help him out in a sense. But God reminds us over and over and over in his word to trust him. To trust him because he has those details covered. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 remind us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. God wants us to trust him even when we don't understand. When God told Abraham that his wife in her old age who was barren would have a son. It was hard for Abraham and his wife to probably believe, but God had the details covered. When God told the Israelites that the walls of Jericho would come crashing down after they marched around it for several days for a certain amount of times doing certain things, it was probably hard for them to believe by just walking around this wall, the walls are going to come down. But God had the details covered, and he knew what he was going to do. When Jesus called Peter out of the boat onto the water to come and to walk with him on the water, I'm sure at first the others probably thought this is crazy. You know, there's there's no way that someone could humanly possibly walk on the water. However, God had the details covered and allowed Peter to experience walking on water. When the 5,000 needed to be fed and there were only two fish and five loaves, They were probably wondering, how is this going to work out? How is 5,000 people going to be fed by that when I know that my brother Nichols eats more than just that? (laughs) So for one person, it's not enough, much less 5,000. But God had the details covered, and he knew what he was going to do. When Jesus showed up three days late after Lazarus had died, They wondered, how is it that he is going to be able to raise him from the dead or bring him back to life or heal him because he's been gone three days? But God had the details covered, and he knew exactly what he was doing. The point is that we can trust him, knowing that when he has called us to do something, that he will see us through. Knowing that when he has brought us to something, he has the details covered. And we need to continuously trust God, even when we don't understand, because he has the details covered. Jesus says in John 11, verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever believes in me will never die. And then the question is asked, do you believe this? And we can believe it. We can take God at his word. We can trust him knowing that he has the details covered. Today, are you trusting in the Lord? Are you believing him for your situation? Are you looking to him for all of your needs and to meet and to help you in different ways? There are so many things that go on in our life, but know 
that we can trust him completely. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the lessons that we can learn from Jonah. And we pray that you would continuously help us, Lord, to be people who follow after you and after your own will. And we pray that sometimes you would help us to do the things that we may not want to do, but we know needs to be done. That you would also help us, Lord, to realize and to admit when we're the problem so that we can make a change and change the situation. And we pray, Lord, that you would continuously help us to trust you, knowing that you have everything covered, that you know all the details and how you're going to work things out. And I pray, Lord, for those who uh, may be struggling in their walk with you and relationship with you, or those who don't have a relationship with you as yet, that they would come to that point of putting their faith and trust in you and believing in you, knowing, God, that we can trust you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this time, and we pray that you would just continuously bless each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.